0: Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hey, Clark Van Dievenger here, and I am dealing with 40. And let me tell you how I am dealing with it. I'm dealing with it pretty well. (laughs) All right, I'm almost a year into this 40 thing, almost 41 now. And gosh, honestly, I'm in a far different place than when I started this podcast a year ago. I'm actually flying to Orlando on Tuesday for a conference, it's a couple of days from now. And it was at this same conference a year ago, when I was 39 and I had just a few weeks left in my 30s, that I got the idea for starting this podcast. I was speaking at this conference, which sounds cool and everything. I mean, when I was 20, the idea of being a speaker at a conference sounded big time. But I'm going to this conference a year ago, and I'm I'm speaking for free, all right. Not exactly where I thought I'd be at this point in my career, all right. There's been detours, right? All right. One of the other speakers, one of the big shots at this conference a year ago, anyway, uh, retired president of my alma mater, right? He's like a retired college president, iconic president, like he was a big deal. All right, grew the school exponentially. His name is Jim Barnes, and Dr. Barnes and I arranged to have uh, lunch together one day at the conference. Now, here I am, 39, I'm meeting with a trusted advisor who's in his 70s, um, it, maybe late 70s. All right, it, it seemed natural to talk with him about business, to be honest with him about what I'm good at, what I'm not good at let him make some recommendations to me for clients, give me some ideas, maybe offer to make some contacts for me. But that's not what I wanted to do at that lunch meeting. I wanted to tell him, like, because he had known me when I was 20 years old, right? Uh, and I was like a big shot on campus. I, I, I wanted to tell him I felt like I'd been a big disappointment and, and ask him if he had felt with any – if he if he dealt with any emotions like this when he was turning forty, right, and ask him for advice on life after forty, and that's what the conversation was, and it was like episode zero of this podcast, and and then I got the idea, hey, let's like, what if I had lots of conversations like this, right, and that's that's how this podcast started. And over the next few months, I had some amazing conversations with people about life after 40. You can go back and listen to them on this podcast. And those conversations have really helped me have perspective. Uh, right around the the time of the uh, New Year's, I was reaching out to uh, one by one to all the people I'd interviewed on this podcast just going, man, like that may have just been a one-off conversation for you. But that conversation was a big deal for me. And, and there's no one I've interviewed on this podcast who I, I haven't thought about that conversation over the course of the past year. A, a year ago, I was in a far different place. And I remember it being February 1st of last year. Right? Actually, I just uh, went back and read a journal entry I wrote on February 1st of last year. And I was writing about how much I had to do, all right? It was like the sand was running thin in the hourglass. It was February 1st, the last full month before I turned 40. And get this, all right? Like I wrote, like I was thankful that it was a leap year, that there would be a February 29th. And and not that I was like, I couldn't cope with the number 40, right? But like I had all this stuff I wanted to accomplish before I turned 40. And I was so far behind, and I was trying to close the gap. I just can't believe what a different place I'm in right now. So, so backing up, there's a few lines from a song by Passenger that have resonated with me. I love Passenger. He's a philosopher, poet, songwriter, singer. His music is melancholy. And there's this line well i've a big old heart this i know for sure but i don't know what my love is for all right and that song like i can look at that song and that song um just like was my song right in the in the soundtrack of my life right there's there's a season where that's my song um but it's just not where i'm at right now it was it was where i was at for a long time long time like if you ever feel like you're wandering in the wilderness. I I've, I've felt that. Like a year ago, right around the time I was having lunch with Dr. Barnes, I was talking with another one of my old college professors, and, and I was like, I have been feeling this for a while. He's like, how long? And I'm like, uh, a couple of years. He's, he's like, ugh. <laughs> right? So from my senior year of high school, right in, until, oh, about the age of 30, everything I did in life worked. So before that, I'd always struggled at school. I was kind of like a round peg. They were trying to fit into a square hole, freshman and sophomore year of high school. I was like a CDF student. Then my junior year, I had this teacher who just sort of plucked me out of the pack and put me in his advanced U.S. history course, and and I excelled at that. Then my senior year, he put me on his academic decathlon team, and we won state and went to nationals, and I was like a budding student intellectual. All right, me and my friends started our own Dead Poet Society. We went to black and white movie nights on the lawn at the Indianapolis Art Museum, Symphony on the Prairie with the indie orchestra. So I went to college. My freshman year, I think I ended with a 3.9 GPA. Became the darling student of one of the most iconic professors on campus. Student body president, all right. Got involved with an organization in California that started grooming me for a job. And then when I graduated from college, I took a job with that organization. And I was the highest paid entry level employee ever in the history of that organization by a lot. And I was successful in that job and I just kept making more money. So I was 26 years old, bought my first house, but this is 2006 now. I'm 26. I'm married, and my wife and I bought our first house. It was $689,000 on our own without any, like, no help from our parents with a down payment or anything like that. We, parents didn't have that kind of, they didn't have money. We, we, um. And my wife and I bought a six, we bought a $689,000 house on our own. <laughs> All right, a couple years later, I'm 30 and I'm a candidate for us Congress. All right. So I lose. And the next few years, I'm, I'm a cautionary tell. All right. I'm Jerry Maguire, right? Like Jerry Maguire before Rod Tidwell has his big breakthrough game. All right. Uh, then I just sort of checked out for a few years. I did some amazing things, made almost no money. Somehow we got by, um, but then I'm like 35, 36, and I felt this desire to lean in and do something again, like, like to to give my life energy to work. And some like some good things came out of the season. Did some good work, some meaningful work, right? Learned some stuff. Did some off the wall stuff. Right, like I had a consulting business and I, I think we really helped some clients. Um, and this was like the, what I was known for in certain circles, right? Uh, like I'd go to Washington DC and I was known in certain circles and I would go speak at conferences and organizations would bring me in and I right, put on a business suit and I'm known in those circles for that. But we had this blog family track that actually built up quite a following then we started a website. My wife and I started a website about skiing in Lake Tahoe. And we had a whole team of 12 bloggers who were blogging for us and doing social media. We had like tens of thousands of followers. Uh, I was a merchant services rep for a credit card processing company. Did lots of different things um, and, and lots of good stuff. Um, not a lot of deep stuff. I sort of worked as a hobby. And I wanted to dig in and do deep work. And, and now I'm like 35, 36, 37, and I am looking for that work. right? And now I'm like 38, 39, and I'm still looking for that work, right? And this is what I'm talking to my professor going, man, I've been looking for this the deep work for a while, right? And I hear that line from Passenger. Hey, well, I have a big old heart. This I know for sure, but I don't know what my love is for. Right. And the next line, okay, the next line to that song, which I haven't, I don't think I've shared yet, like in this podcast, right? Like, well, it goes, Well, I have, a, I have a big old heart. This I know for sure, but I don't know what my love is for. And the next line is, I should know by now. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I should know by now. I, I'm 39 years old. I'm supposed to have my life together. I should know by now what I'm doing. And the shining achievements of my once promising career were now pretty far back in the rearview mirror. And I kind of feared that those shining achievements uh, of my once promising career weren't like the proof of my quality, but they were somehow a fluke. Uh, So that's where I was a year ago when I started this. Podcast, and now a year later, uh, like I've worked more in the past year, and honestly, like made made more money in the past year than just about any year of my life. Um a lot of my work. What's what's interesting with my fundraising consulting business, um, we uh, we kind of moved that business online a few years ago, and then COVID happened, and the rest of the world joined us, and we were like already there. It was just great, right? Um, and that was one of those things. Yeah, we we built an online training program, and and then everyone was online, and and we were already there. Um, so that that just worked out. Uh, we also uh, live part time in Guatemala, and. Last year the whole COVID thing really starts to blow up. It was March 15th, the last year when the lockdown started in Guatemala. And we were in Guatemala from March 15th to June 15th, basically on lockdown for much of that time. Like the country really shut down. And there wasn't much we could do. So I just sat down on my computer and I worked. All right. And I just kept working. <laughs> um, it was it was kind of like a uh, you know, a hamster wheel, like, but it was like, every time I said to my computer, I made money. Uh, so I joked with some of the early guests of this podcast, but I'd say to them, um, what I really want you to do is tell me that life, uh, was really a mess until about 40. And then right about 40, everything came together. (laughs) Okay. Um, that's where I was a year ago. Right. Like, I'm just like, please tell me that, that like your life was a mess until 40. And then at 40, just like magically everything worked. Right. That's, that's what I wanted them to tell me. But I actually think it may be kind of true. This is my hypothesis now. Like, a lot of people I interviewed on this podcast, I've known them for like 20 years. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of people who were, who ended my life in my college years. And so, they were like 40 at the time and they're like 60-ish now. Some are older. All right. But I met them right around the time they were 40 or when they were 50. And, and I viewed them as successful. Like they had been successful their entire lives because the whole time I had ever known them, they were successful, right? Like I'd met them at about 40, maybe at about the time their life was coming together. And if I'd met them like five years earlier, maybe they're their life would have looked like a mess. So I have a friend who's my age. We went to college together. We're not close. We weren't especially close in college, but I respect her and think she's smart and interesting and has some worthwhile things to say. And because I've I've liked a few of her posts on Facebook, she now shows up in my feed pretty regularly. She's an American but married a Canadian, and they live in the United States Uh, or they lived in the United States for a a while, but moved to Canada. All right. And she had this post about how much easier life is in Canada because of some of the social supports that they have. All right. Now I have some thoughts on this topic. You may not be surprised. Political science and economics major here, right? Ran for Congress. I have some thoughts on this. And and, And I think there's something to what she's saying. But... But I I think the biggest reason that life has maybe gotten a little bit easier for them has nothing to do with moving to Canada. I, I think it's turning 40, right? This is just my experience. At 40, some things start to come together. Like the Steve Jobs Stanford address. I could not connect the dots looking forward, but looking backward, I can see how the dots connect. Right. The things I have learned, the relationships I have made, the house that I bought when I could barely afford the mortgage, now the mortgage feels manageable. So I I wrote a book called Unworking. Uh, It's on Amazon. You can get it there. Right. And I was looking at a copy of the book that belongs to a friend of mine, and I'm looking at things he's underlined and his notes in the margins, right, which is a pretty cool thing. But I'm like, I work more now than I did when I wrote this book. And he's like, yeah. And you stay at nicer hotels too. Right. Like it's, it's funny how like, yeah, you want to make more money. Well, work, work, <laughs> put in put in the time. Right. Uh, not that we're rich, but like, yeah, we're, we're doing, we're doing okay. Right. And, and we have spent most of the past year and a half in Guatemala where it's much cheaper to live we've had our house in tahoe on airbnb which is a very in-demand vacation rental location the economics work out well sometimes you have to do things other people aren't willing to do so uh we've made a lot of progress in the past year but i still feel like i have some good boundaries in my work right um i am a machine when i go to work like i don't eat during the day, I fast every day until like 6 p.m. So like there's no lunch break for Clark. I just work. I put my head down and I work. I'm a machine. When I work, I, I feel like I have good boundaries. Um there's a lot of YouTube videos about working hard and putting in the hours and grinding it out and moonlighting, and you're gonna work until 2 a.m. and all this stuff and and like a couple of years ago when we were struggling more financially, I just knew I wasn't going to do that. I knew that I needed to change something, right? Like the path that we're on is like we were barely making it, right? And and I, I knew the solution for me wasn't like it wasn't – I wasn't going to work 16 hours a day or whatever. Just wasn't going to do it. So uh, now sometimes you have to do – things other people aren't willing to do and sometimes that's working 16 hours but I knew I wasn't willing to do that so what else was I willing to do was willing to do something else I was willing to move to Guatemala and and like that wasn't a sacrifice that sounded fun um and and that was a very good economic decision uh to to move to Guatemala where the cost of living is much lower uh, and put our house in Tahoe and Airbnb where we could make money on our house. Um, and one of the best things we did when we moved to Guatemala, and at the time we were making very little money. One of the best things we did was hire a housekeeper to work at our house 30 hours a week. I mean, it's crazy, but my wife and I wanted to put more time into our work. It wasn't just like, let's move to Guatemala. It was like, let's move to Guatemala and work more. And we can hire someone to work in our house 30 hours a week and that will free us up to work more. So when we're in Guatemala, we spend zero time like doing household chores, cleaning, laundry, folding laundry, like zero. We don't prepare meals. Like cooking is a weekend activity if it sounds fun. All of the time that we used to put into that, we put into our work. So it was a gamble. Um, like we weren't we weren't making much money at the time. It was a gamble to hire someone 30 hours a week. Um, and, and that's not something we could have afforded in the United States, right? It was a gamble, a gamble that we could not have afforded in the United States, but one we could afford in Guatemala, even being generous in the wages we pay. All right. And and we we pay the right wage, right? Like you don't want to you don't want to totally Bust the market by coming in and paying exorbitant right wages, but we pay good wages, and and it was a gamble, and the gamble has absolutely paid off. So a few years ago, I was praying that God would give me something. I had a big old heart, like that I knew for sure, but I didn't know what my love was for, and it was like I wanted God to drop something in my lap. Uh, Then my prayer changed. It was, God, help me to do well with what you have entrusted to me. And uh, 2018, 2018 was crazy for me. Um, In 2018, God, uh, I guess you could say, entrusted very little to me. But even with that very, very little, that was my attitude. Like, help me to do well with what you've given to me today. Right? And I, I don't pray. Uh, for God to give me more, anymore. I don't pray for Him to give me anything. I just say, like God, what You've given to me, help me to do well with it. All right. I also need to learn to not be so driven. Like, God expect me to work the field every hour of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's where I was a year ago. I wanted to do well every day, and it was like every moment of every day I had to be productive. I'm not good at relaxing. I I like getting massages. All right. I am very, I'm a very physically active person. And I like getting massages because I feel like it's rest that is productive. <laughs> okay. Like I couldn't just lay on the couch for an hour, but oh, okay. Like yeah, I'm a runner. I'm a cyclist. You know, I, I, I do lots of different physical, I love exerting myself. All right. And so a massage is like active, active rest. I like sitting in a 150 degree Mayan sauna because I feel like it's productive rest. So I, I, I need to slow down. Right. E- even like when I quit my work, right. It's like, okay, now I'm going to be a dad. All right. And it's the weekend. And I'm like, okay, where are we going this weekend? What are we going to do? How many miles can I run? <laughs> right. Uh, so the past few months, have been rough for me in that regard. I had surgery to remove a cyst from the back of my knee and it was a big cyst, like the size of a, a, a small lemon or a big lime. And they had to cut a big incision in the back of my knee to get that thing out. And I'd already shut down running before the surgery and the c- recovery has been rough. And for me, um running is good for my body, but it's also good for my mind. My psyche, and I, man, I've missed it. Um, but uh, I guess you could say one thing at a time. It's like God is taking away anything I depend on other than Him. Okay, hey, that's all I've got for you today. A bit, uh, a bit rambling, but uh, all right. If you are dealing with forty, if you are dealing with life, if I can help you, please reach out. Uh, email me at Clarkvand at gmail.com. That's C-L-A-R-K V as in victory A-N-D. Clarkvand at gmail.com. Hey, if you have someone you'd like me to interview for this podcast, let me know. They they need to be 60-ish plus. You know, like, hey, not not that I can't learn from someone who's 20 or 45, but I'm trying to, to use this podcast to talk to people who've just climbed a little higher in the tree. Right, like they can just see a little further. Uh, they've gotten a little more perspective, right? Like you have, you have so much perspective at forty-five, you know. But man, at, at sixty, you, you've right, you've been able to process a little more. All right. So hey, also by the way, if you have um, a way to connect me with that person, that'd be awesome. All right. So if you have a recommendation for an interview. Um, and you can connect me with someone even better. Again, the email is clarkvand at gmail.com. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thanks so much. Have a great day.